and welcome to Season 2 of HistoHelp, NSH's popular podcast that brings tips, tricks, and advice on all those pesky problems you're facing in the lab. Season 1 was a huge hit, and this season is going to keep the good times rolling. We will be chatting with Histo legends like Cliff Chapman and Maria Buell, Dave Cruel, our unofficial guru on tech, industry partner, and maybe your new best friend when it comes to equipment know-how, Matt Mincer, and NSH members Lynn Grumman and Candace Smoots, whose sound tips and advice will really help your lab maintain those high standards. So sit back for a few minutes and enjoy. One of the most popular words that you will see come up on histology websites, in textbooks, and education programs like the annual NSH Symposium Convention is troubleshooting. So what does troubleshooting even mean? And where do you start when you need to troubleshoot? To help answer this question, we have asked Clifford Chapman to sit down and chat with us today and give us some of his insights. Now, I don't think that our expert today needs much of an introduction, as he is one of our NSH celebrities. Um, But just in case our listeners are less familiar, he is currently the technical specialist at Strata DX in Lexington, Massachusetts, and he has been for many years. He has over 40 years of experience in the histology field, including bench work and laboratory management. He's a regular presenter at national, state, and regional meetings, a published author of over 30 scientific um, publications, and his most recent book, The Histology Handbook, focuses on troubleshooting issues in histology. So if that doesn't get you jazzed up for our interview today, I also want to note that in addition to many other awards, he was also the 2019 recipient of the Leica Leadership and Teaching Award. So we could not be in better hands on this topic of troubleshooting. So I want to just jump out here out of the gate with the oh-so-simple question that I think a lot of other people might have but are too afraid to ask, and that is, what is troubleshooting? Well, Connie, thank you, first of all, for a very kind introduction. I thank you very much. Uh, troubleshooting, actually, the reason we're talking about this is I have to thank um, Gail Callis, who's now the senior editor at the um, of the journal Histotechnology. She asked me to write a uh, review um, article for that, which actually came out uh, the end of last year. You know, she is the one who suggested it because troubleshooting is, it's a necessary skill for histologists that it's really hard to teach. So that's what I've tried to uh, kind of put workshops together and lectures because if you work in a histology slash pathology laboratory, you are regulated by at least clear regulations and whatever state regulations that you reside in, and you may choose to partake in in CAP regulations as well. So all of these have regulations which require laboratories to have a quality management plan, which includes programs for quality assurance and quality control. So troubleshooting, while it's not mentioned specifically in the quality management plan, um, it's the part of the plan which specifies, you know, how, how is your laboratory going to check and detect quality control issues that may occur in your laboratory because they, not that they may occur, they will occur at some point. So what plan do you have to kind of catch these things before they exit the lab? And I, I consider, you know, uh, suboptimal events uh, which happen with microscope slides, you know, you got to catch those before they go to the pathologist. So the first part is to how to check and detect the quality control issues. And the second part is how to remedy the issues. So the easiest way is to be an old guy like me and be in the field for 40 plus years and pretty much have seen every possible thing that can go wrong with a microscope slide. Um, 
but that's you know that's a, probably a long ways away from a lot of people just getting into the field. So instead of you know kind of the the, the day to day experience, um, you're going to have to, as a histologist, you're going to have to know and understand the many procedures that are utilized in the whole process of receiving and making a, a final microscope slide. And the result is that there's many different issues that can affect the final quality of the slide. So how can we recognize when something goes wrong and how we can fix it? So again, instead of trying to memorize things and, and see them before, my approach has always been to make efforts to fully understand all of the theories and the procedures and the chemistry behind the many histology tasks that we perform every day. And this provides a background of knowledge so that when you know these things, you can draw on that knowledge uh, when you, you know, see or encounter a suboptimal event and, and you, you, know, you try to fix it. So um, I hope that, that answers your question. That's basically what troubleshooting is, and our approach is to gain as much knowledge as we can about histology, about the procedures, and about, and sad to say, but it's, you know, some people freeze like a, a deer in the headlights when you say chemistry, sure. but you've got to understand the chemistry as well. So let me ask you just a quick follow-up question. Um, earlier, you were mentioning that a lot of laboratories have a quality management plan that includes QA and quality control and troubleshooting as part of that. Do you find that people are referring to those documents regularly or would you advise people, especially if you're starting at a new job, to, to search what that, what, what that looks like in that quality plan? Yeah, that's, that's a great question uh, because the first thing we all know when you take that new job, the, <laughs> and I, I sympathize with people because they have to sit down and look at all the manuals and read them and say that they understand them. And, you know, after like 20 minutes, their eyes glaze over and, and that's pretty sure. much the end of it. But, um, but what's very, I think what's effective, and this is a great question, is that um, in, a, in addition to kind of the, the, the plan itself that describes the quality management plan, there should be in the laboratory for each, and I don't know whether you call it an area or a task or let, let's take an example. So for the, someone has to run the H&E stainer. So it would be a great idea to have, you know, right at the bench, you know, maybe one page, maybe both sides of, uh, of you know, troubleshooting and a simple column of, you know, if you see this, then this is probably the cause and here is how to fix it. So that's a, that's a good start, and, and I do refer to those. And many okay. times when you have a new piece of equipment put into the laboratory, they'll, the, the vendor will provide you with that. You know, usually it's at the end, but I find that to be very valuable. So I, I'm practicing good, uh, good ideas. I'm, I'm looking at the quality assurance plan. I'm working. All of a sudden, something doesn't seem right. What am I doing? What's wrong? What do I do now? I'm scared. I'm a deer in a headlights, Cliff. Help me. Okay, so well, the first thing is if, you, if you're running the slide stander and you hear crashing, breaking glass, it means the cover slip has run off track and is <laughs> smashing up. So turn, turn it off first. That's the, the first thing to do is if a machine's wigging out, then turn it off. Okay, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, you know, look around and, you know, find someone who's maybe a little more senior than you or maybe, maybe call your supervisor over and see if they can, can, can help you. But if you're, you know, working a late shift and the supervisor is out of the lab right now, you kind of have to, you know, look at the situation and, um, 
you know, first of all, kind of recognize, you know, what's going on. And, um, it, it, you know, this is actually, um, some of it is, is learning and experience. And so every day you're going to see things happen in the laboratory. And you are going to hopefully remember them and, and, and get used to them. And, and these things all involve, you know, accessioning and, and grossing. Um, everything processing, embedding, microtomy, staining, all the things that, you know, happen in histology. Um, but one of the good things to do is to kind of look at the final slides that are laid out into slide folders. You know, this is really the best time to do a QC check. Hello. Hello, Clifford. Oh, geez. Excuse me. Just, just a second. Oh, oh, hello. Oh, very sorry to disturb you. That's fine, Doc. How can I help you? This slide, this slide, it's very much too blue. The nuclei, they're too dark, they're too dark. I'm leaving you with you to look at. Can you please fix this? Sure, sure, Doc. I'll get to it just as soon as I finish up this call, okay? Oh, oh, that's great, that's great. Sorry, sorry, sorry to disturb you. No problem, Doc. It's okay. I'll get back to you right away. Oh, that, that's great. Thank you. Uh, very sorry for the interruption, Connie. It happens all the time. So let's talk a little bit more about this learn to use your eyes. You know, you were just talking about that a couple minutes ago. Right. Um, in, in the histology lab, of course, we make slides. So everybody wants to, you know, look at the slides. And, and I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I've been doing this for over 40 years, and I'm still very excited to um, help troubleshoot, you know, especially special stains because they're just they're pretty to look at. I mean, it's nice to sit down at the scope and see a nice slide. And even immunos, even though it's either, you know, blue or red, I mean, at least it's, I find that the staining pattern's um, intricate and, and very pleasing. However, um, as a base for troubleshooting, if you keep your eyes open in the laboratory, you can learn an awful lot and, again, add to your knowledge base as, as we've been discussing. So if you've been in the field for even if a few years, you've seen thousands of H&E slides, and the way you see them is in a slide folder. And you, you, know, you look them, you've got to check them out. Um, so you see this every day, all day long. Now, you have to be aware because you can detect issues even without a microscope. So if you learn to use your eyes, then when you look at, it, at a, a slide folder, you can, if you see a blue tinge to every slide, including the label end, it, you know, something's gone wrong. And it's probably either the clarifier has been exhausted or, it's, or someone made it up and they made it too weak or the, or the time's in hematoxin has been too long, or the bluing reagent may be too strong, or the time may, too, may be too long. So just a visual clue can help you. Similarly, if the, if the sections themselves look too blue, not the whole slide, but just the sections, the hematoxin time may be too long, or the eosin may be too weak, or uh, as an instance, not too recently, a colleague called me and, and sent the slide over. They, when someone changed the slide, um, Stainer, the, they actually forgot to put the eosin bucket in, so all the slides came okay. out, and they the sections looked really blue. Well, it wasn't that they were really blue; the nuclei were fine, but there was no counter stain. And of course, that's easy to fix because we just take the cover glass off and then go ahead and restain them. So, but you can see this with your eyes. And again, conversely, if there's a pink tinge to the slide, um, including the label end. Um, the alcohol station preceding the last xylene bucket, that might need to be changed. Or the slides themselves may have a QC issue. We have noticed in the last 
probably five years that there are times when you get the microscope slide itself due to uh, the QC process, um, you may wind up with too much coating on the slide and it hangs on to the eosin or it may hang on to the bluing sometimes. And then finally, of course, if you look at a, a, a rack of slides in a, in, a, in a slide folder and you kind of hold them so the, the, the light hits them just right, you can see if there are any air bubbles under the cover slips. So if, you, if you're seeing air bubbles, that could be a mechanical issue with the cover slipper or the uh, medium might be running out or xylene levels might be low. So these are all issues that can be seen simply by taking some time to look at the final slides in a slide folder and kind of catch that before it goes out to the uh, pathologist. That's awesome. I was just thinking as you were explaining that, oh my gosh, these are all things you see with your eyes. They don't require any real special equipment or, um, and, and as you mentioned earlier, that sometimes when you're encountering something where you may not be comfortable, especially if you're newer to that lab or to a lab, maybe go ask somebody who has been there a while or has more experience because they may be able to see very quickly what you may not recognize right out of the gate. That's a, that's a really good point. And, and here's something that I strongly suggest everybody, and thank you for, for making that point. Histology is, very, is a very visual field. You know, you've got to look at things. You've got to look at slides. You've got to, you know, get, especially with special stains, you know, you've got to learn different color renditions and stuff and, and, um, and such. So that um, it's very good to, um, when we get new hires in, I like to hook them up with kind of lab buddies so that they can be mentored as they go through the day. So you make a very good point there. So for example, one of the things that's, again, required for quality control is, you know, as um, H&E slides come off the, the slide stander, you know, it's, someone's got to look at them, you know, visually to make sure they look all right compared, you know, to what we just said. And then someone has to look at them under a microscope to, you know, kind of judge the quality of the stain itself. So it's a good idea to mentor people, new people that are just coming in, kind of buddy up with someone whose job it is to do, the, do that QC. And every time a rack comes off, look, look at it under the scope. You, you know, you should have a double-headed scope. And then, you know, that you could begin to learn the color renditions and, and what kinds of stain colors and renditions and intensities are expected in your laboratory. Well, and what a great way to also... Um, help meet those quality control measures that we were also talking about. Um, you know, if it's part of your plan, a mentorship program, or having just that extra set of seasoned eyes on something, we all, I mean, whether it's writing a sentence for editing or looking at a slide under the, you know, even out of the microscope, um, I think those are just great ways to make sure that we're all looking at the same thing the same way that we should be. Exactly, exactly. And again, um, we all work in different laboratories with, with different personnel. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've talked to some of my colleagues who may work at a, at a laboratory that has, you know, four pathologists and they each like their stain a little different, a little dark, a little light. Um, oh, I, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I, I try not to, what I suggest to people is just, just work with one pathologist and that should be the medical director. And if you're, becoming involved in the quality control um, aspect, you've got to sit with that medical director at least for a little while and learn to see what he or she deems acceptable. Because again, slide staining is a science. However, we all know that once we set up the, the auto stainer and we send a rack of slides through, well, now all the solutions have seen one rack of slides and now anything after that might look a little bit different. So it's important to know the baseline and then 
presumably the people who are doing quality control who are signing off, they, they're in tune with what the medical director is, is looking for. So they're very good people to, to partner um, kind of junior staff with so they can begin to learn quality control and looking at slides and, and seeing what's going on. Excellent. All right. Any parting thoughts or um, anything that I'm not thinking of that uh, we should let the listeners know about? Well, um, it's, you know, we can't, this is about all we can do at this point because um, it's the, the other troubleshooting things require us to, you know, look at microscope slides or at least PowerPoints that I have to kind of see the specific. Go to one of your the, awesome workshops. That's what it requires. Yeah, that was, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but again, um, what, what we're doing, what we do in the histology laboratories is, is backed by chemistry. So, so in addition to people who are going into the field to, have the, to get the experience, the visual experience of looking at slides, what should they look like both laying in the slide folder and under the microscope, then to learn the theories behind or the, or the procedures behind um, grossing, the procedures behind embedding, and, and a a lot of the stain theory and chemistry behind staining so that when things don't look the way they're supposed to, you're able to kind of move backwards. And, and, and this is true troubleshooting, that when something is not optimal, that you can begin to think, okay, I know uh, the, the theory behind that or the stain mechanism of that, so now I can, can figure out what's going on. And then to fix it and test it and make sure that it works. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Well, it's a, it's a, a pleasure uh, speaking with you, and, and um, I hope that um, the people who listen in will find this very valuable, and uh, thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you have a tip, trick, or piece of knowledge you'd like to share, let us know. We would love to feature you on a future episode of HistoHelp. Have a great day!